Ship Two Podcast, episode number fifty-five. Motherfuckers, almost to a hundred. Yeah, almost to a hundred. <laughs> Halfway. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm going to do this. I always mean to do it at the beginning. I always forget. If you guys want to uh, start hearing some extra content, we do have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash chip tooth pod and uh, I guess, as I say, become a tooth fairy today. It's $5 a month. Um, pretty, pretty cheap, if I'm being honest. Uh, it's the only tier we have right now, but we just started doing movie reviews. Charlie and I are watching Harry Potter uh, from beginning, uh, as she has never seen it. And we did our first review. Uh, it's up now. So go take a listen by becoming a tooth fairy. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash chip tooth pod. Boom. All right. So now that that's done, let's get into it, Ben. Okay. So I want to start this off by saying just how inconsiderate of a person I am. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So I come over here, right? Yeah. And Natalie opens the door and she's like, can't get him to wake up. I'm like, oh, Ben's sleeping. So, Dope. Are you wait a second? So we already planned to record today. Yes. So why are you saying you're the inconsiderate one? I was the one that was sleeping. I know that I was just trying to get to the story that you, my good friend, you're were trying, fucking you're sleeping. Trying, you're trying to make me look bad. I'm not trying to make you look bad per I se. I had a plan. I had a plan. And you slept through all those plans. I had a plan to take a nap and be up and ready to go because. Believe it or not, I didn't sleep night this last night, and uh, I had to uh, get a little power nap in for about four hours. Yeah, so Natalie and Jasper told me that you did not go to bed. So I sent you a text at, uh, hold on a second, let me fix this volume. Talk. I'm talking... And maybe I should be closer, or you think you want to... Oh, let me adjust this. Yeah. So you get closer, and then I'll turn my shit down. Okay. So um, I send you a text at like 1.40, and yep. I immediately get a text back from you yep. that you're good to record. Yep. I was like, dope. This is going to be great. We're just going to hang out, do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I get here, it's like 7 o'clock, been sleeping. And which I already explained. I yes. had a plan. I was like, oh yeah, it's Wednesday. We're going to record today. Let me get a nap in. <laughs> yeah, well, so so here's the thing, right? I, I'm like, okay, well, I sent him a text at 1, So and he responded really quick. Yeah, I was awake. Was good. I was well, on my phone. Yeah, so as it turns out, Ben pulled an all-nighter like and I then stayed up until 2 and yeah. went to sleep. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? If I didn't sleep, unless I was busy doing something else to stay up, I right now, I would be dead as shit. I'm sure, but... I had to force myself to sleep. But the problem is, is that you shouldn't be in the position where you're dead at 6 o'clock. I need you're you right. to be better, Ben. You're right. I don't it's know. A, it's a health risk. Natalie keeps reading me articles about how people die. She told me sooner, which is funny. Uh, and, that's not even what I care about. I just want you to be a normal person. You care about <laughs> me dying an early death. Well, because we're all going to die from something, right? So if it's you living your life and staying up late, like I don't care. But my thing is, is be a person, man. I'm a person. <sighs> I, Corey, I'm a quarantine person. That's not a healthy person. We already though, talked about this. I'm getting paid to do <clears throat> nothing. Yeah, which is an unhealthy I'm, thing. I'm not essential. That's of course, for damn of course, sure. Of course, my work thinks a little bit so to pay me. Well, that's nice. I will say that that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, I hit that the, everybody else is getting paid, and you are. That's great. But you mm-hmm. know, it's uh, you want to talk about the mental toll of me not having uh, anything pertinent, like. Like, I don't know. There's stuff to do, obviously. There's, like, you're right. There's stuff I could get up early and work out and study a subject. You definitely need to work out. That's a good thing. Well, 
lucky for you to hear, I ran two miles. Oh shit! How about that? I w- that was a joke. By the I way, didn't, I didn't really run two miles. Oh, I walked most of it. Hey, that's something. It's better than nothing. I mean, but I got outside. Yeah. That's good. And that was the first time in like I don't know how long. Well, you went outside to watch the meteor shower. Yeah, but that was like, I it was like four in the morning, and I was. <laughs> You know, it was not standing. It was not an active activity. Yeah. Well, like if anything, uh, I got it, my neck got to work out from looking <laughs> up. Charlie, uh, Charlie had just started going to the gym regularly. Really? Um, right before the all, all the quarantine, everything starts shutting down. So she it was fucking pissed. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm finally getting into a good habit of going to the gym four, five times a week, and here I am now, can't fucking go to the gym." Right. And um, well, that's the joke everybody has. It's like I'm finally getting my shit together, and then now I got to be stuck here. You know, it's like a meme, but at the same time, I don't know how many people actually had their shit together. Yeah, no, I mean, like Charlie and I still work, yeah. so like we we still go out and do things, and we're not just like sitting around. So, but we're not like she was really upset. She's like, you know, it took a lot to finally get to the point where she was like able and like didn't feel like shit the next day after working out. She's right. like, so like she was finally getting felt the ball like, rolling. Yeah. And she was like, you know, Oh hell yeah. Like I'm going to go to the gym today. Um, and then it closes and it took like three weeks of three or four weeks of our gym being closed at our apartment complex for her to be like, fuck this. Like I'm going to start just doing she like just pulls up a YouTube video of some of like some trainer mm-hmm. and just working out now, um, which I, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it with you. And then I don't get home until after it's already done. So I'm like, oh, sorry. Damn. I really want to do that workout with you. But yeah, I think just specifically workouts, but like just economy as a whole, like the world has changed. Like things are going to, I mean, not all that like overnight, like crazy different, but the fact that so many companies and so many, uh, you know, like, like gym type people or whatever, like there's going to be things that are comp- done completely differently now because I'm just thinking, cause like you can make laws, you can do like social campaigns, but if something affects the con uh, the economy, like if a company can, have you work from home or have like a high percentage of their work done from an off site location. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many benefits to them. Like hell they could get tax write offs just for, you know, some their all their employees not driving, you know, down, you know, through the city or something like that. It's well, literally going to change how a lot of shit is done. It'll definitely help with like insurance costs, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, because they won't have to have as many drivers, but also like rent cost and stuff. They won't have to rent as large of a space. And right, this, and, this space and, itself, like the power used to run a, a building at maximum capacity, you know. Yeah, well, something like um, there's some headquarters. I can't say what company it is because I feel like I'm not allowed to even know this. But um, or not that I'm not allowed to know it, but I'm sure there's some amount of NDA involved. Um, that I'm not really supposed to talk about it, but, um, (laughs) but there's, uh, like a headquarters here in Atlanta that they were getting ready to do like this big, like upgrade floor by floor of their headquarters. And they were just like, Nope, not doing it now. Cause there's no reason to like, nobody's here. Right. And odds are a lot of people aren't going to end up working there again. Like a lot of people are just going to end up working from home or whatever. And commercial real estate is about to fucking tank. Right. It's about to be bad. Nothing's going to, everything's going to be extremely cheap because it's going to be a buyer's market. Everybody's going to be trying to sell and nobody's going to try and buy. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be the same with the regular housing market. Um, I hope not because uh, I would like to try and I'm supposed to be building this house soon. And if I find out that I could have bought a house for half the cost of what I'm about to build one for, I'm going to be a little pissed off. Um, yeah, but, but that's life. I, I guess. mean, it's the same thing. At, like any investment, even though, like, like I'm saying, overnight and things like that, it's like those kind of changes sure can take effect. But in two years, if we don't have you know continuous problems like this pandemic, uh, 
I mean, it's probably it's gonna flip flop around. So hell, everybody, you know, buying all buying all the commercial real estate up, you know, converting it to condos or whatever they want to do, you know. Yeah. Well, I, hell, I, they'll be turning a profit in a couple of years. Yeah, I say I'll be pissed off, but grand scheme of things, uh, so here we go. Ready? This is something that I, that I did that I watched today. So PewDiePie, I've told you about PewDiePie. Obviously, I, I know of. PewDiePie. He's my hero. Yeah, I want to be like him. Um, he's my favorite person other than Charlie in the world. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> that's not true. That's not true at all. I just. <laughs> Just when I see a I, notification pop up, I get, I get the up. picture you're trying to paint. When a notification <laughs> pops up, I get very excited. Yeah, your heart just starts go fluttering. <laughs> it's like a, seeing a crush. Um, uh, but anyway, so I I go in and I, I start watching this video, and he occasionally does like a philosophy video where he just picks sort of a topic that he that he's interested in, and he just talks about it. Today he was talking about stoicism, which is basically the tenets of it are. Um, sort of like don't worry about the things you can't control. Um, so like focus on your on what you can control, which is like your reaction to a situation. Sure. So, um, I cannot remember his name, but it's uh, a really famous, a really famous like one of the good what's considered to be the five good uh, Roman Caesars. Um, he basically he got ill or something. And he actually was fine, but his his best friend was like, oh, I'm going to, or he basically was like, he's dead, right? So I'm going to take, like, I'm leader now. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of the actual Caesar getting pissed off and getting going out and slaughtering him or whatever, what he did is he said, uh, I'm going to march on him and I'm going to capture him just to sort of show, like, Dominance or something. Well, yeah, sort of, but without allowing his emotions to get in the way. So it's kind of like he's pissed off, but also it's not something that he can control that his best friend would turn on him like that. It's not something that he has any sort of ability to control. But the thing he can control is his emotion and the way he reacts to it. So instead of being angry and showing brute force through anger, he showed his anger by basically... Just sort of telling, like, showing him, like, I'm not going to kill you because you are my best friend. And though I'm upset. But I could. <laughs> well, it's like, though I'm upset. He's like, but I am upset. Therefore, I'm going to show you that I'm upset without, like, some, like, super negative repercussions that can come from acting in anger. Hmm. Um, Would you rather, right? Yeah. Say, I don't know. What's the best way to do this? Charlie is mad at you. Yeah. And she's mad at you for, I don't know, what what what's a good reason for her to be mad at you? Playing video games till three in the morning. Right. Okay. So she's mad at you for that. Would you rather her just be upset at you and and emotionally yell at you or something, mm-hmm. or take all your video games and destroy them without any emotion? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so that's but. That's not even She's just demonstrating her power. But that, that's not even the same thing though. I know, because but she I'm is trying still to, trying to analogize. But in that in that situation, she's still acting out her anger in a destructive fashion. No, she's just showing her force that she could take you out of yeah, this world. Not the just same as thing. quick as you could. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, the the Caesar comparison, I, I'm I'm a little lost on it. But I, I get the moral of it all. Well, essentially it's like you live your life understanding that you have no control over certain things and not allowing yourself to be consumed by the things you can't control and only allowing, and then basically focusing on the things that you can control. So like you can control the way that you react. You can control the things in your immediate vicinity to some extent. Uh, and it's sort of living your life in that way. Um, which I think is a, it's living based on virtue, right? So the whole point is to try and reach a virtuous state where you're acting 100%, which is impossible. You're acting 100% virtuous uh, through um, just controlling the things that you can personally control with yourself. Mm-hmm. So whether that's like uh, having self-restraint or um, I guess that's like, that's the main one, right? Is not, 
like is restraining yourself in a way that is conducive to creating a a situation around you that's overall positive, whether you're in a situation in general that's negative. Sure. Which I think is a pretty good way to live life, right? And and um like his whole mantra was basically uh memento mori, right? Sure. Um which is be mindful of death or remember death sort of thing. Have you um I'm gonna skip around. Which I think would be a dope thing to put in the end of a song. <clears throat> Funny. Memento Mori, be mindful of death, I think would be really sick. <clears throat> Have I got a song for you? <laughs> Funny that you say that, speaking of YouTubers and that. There's a, this is off what you were talking about, but there's a YouTube channel. Do you know who Markiplier is? Yeah, of course. So him and this other guy um, that I'm yet to become familiar with, uh, his he is, I don't know if you know him, Crank Gameplays. Uh, no. It's a, he's kind of a younger YouTuber. Seems pretty damn famous, though, just for Let's Plays and whatnot. But him and Markiplier are friends. And they have this channel um, that they've had for, like, I don't know, six months now, maybe longer. Um, and it's called Unis Honest. And it's, it's Latin for one year. And it's all, it's, like, it's kind of a weird idea but they literally are putting out a video every day for a year and they're gonna after the year is up they're gonna delete the entire channel delete Dang. all of the videos delete all everything that's pretty sweet and there there's like it's a lot of comedy based stuff but like the comedy basis is like it's we're only here for this long uh you know memento mori uh you know and no like it's it's kind of. It's also funny because they put that in their merch campaign too. It's like all oh, this merch is only going to be here for this long, yeah. And then we're not doing it anymore. And they've already like sold out of like the first batch, and then they've done a second batch of like something completely different. And they're like, "Oh, buy this," and then that's it. But um, it's yeah, it's just funny because it's that idea, but it, it it makes a lot of sense because a lot of people. Like the idea of FOMO or something like that is like such a driving force. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially in like entertainment. <clears throat> so it's it's like a a genius idea, and I've I've watched a bunch of those videos now, and it's funny because it, they literally like Mark has been around for a while, you know, twenty million subscribers a while, you know, so <laughs> fucking chump. Like he's he's been around. I mean, I I in I'm joking. I'm totally joking. But that's like insane. He's been around and like. He, uh, like it's kind of funny some of the some of the videos are really cool like they do some like theory based or some like some cool idea to just talk about because i assume every video they don't have a big budget for so they just do some videos where they just google something and talk about it yeah but uh like and then some of the other videos are like a lot bigger budget like they went and got cryo cryogenically you know that whole therapy thing yeah I don't know. There's a bu- it's just a bunch of like ideas that you would see like early 2000s, like 2000, late 2000s, I guess. YouTubers just doing challenges just things, or yeah. crap, whatever. And they're just like redoing those. But hell, they're getting views. So. Yeah, there's a so specific quote. Sorry, just to bring this back. Uh, so the <clears throat> the uh, the Caesar... He was at, Caesar means emperor, right? Essentially, yeah. Uh, he was the emperor of Rome at the time. Uh, his name was Marcus Aurelius, um, yeah. and he wrote a book called Meditations, um, which basically was him writing to himself, essentially, like his his different like. What that, was sorry? What was ahead. the name of Russell Crowe's character in Gladiator? Isn't that who he was, Marcus Aurelius? I don't know. Well, Perhaps. Go ahead and continue. Um, but. Uh, so one of the most famous quotes is you could leave life right now. Let that, de- let that determine what you do and say and think. So essentially it's like, it's a sort of another way of saying seize the day because you only have all you, for all you know, you have today. Right. right. Um, and that's all you have. So don't, don't live your life in a way that if you were to die today, that you would have regrets or that you would have, um, a sort of like a stench to your name sort of thing, right? Uh, like when people thought about you after you were dead, that you 
that they thought you were a bad person sort of deal. So live your life virtuously by remembering that you could die at any time. And he, he had some quotes, and this is basically like a, just a, or it's not necessarily him. I don't remember who it was that said it, but uh, it was <clears throat> if, if God, if the gods are virtuous, then you want to live in a way that allows you to sit by them, uh, by their thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, if the gods are not virtuous, then you would not want to sit by their thrones and worship them anyways in the afterlife. He said, however, um, if there are no gods, then you want to live a life that's remembered fondly, essentially. Like that, that, those are all obviously my paraphrasing, but it's a, it's an interesting thing, right? You just think, you know, there are obviously positive outcomes for if you believe in an afterlife. There are positive outcomes if you live your life virtuously and in a way that uh, is positive in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if there isn't a God, you still lived your life virtuously and made the world better in some way, shape, or form, whether it's in a, through a big impact or for somebody or for people like us who aren't particularly impacting anything major the way Marcus Aurelius was as the fucking emperor of Rome. Right. Um, it's just sort of leaving those around you better for him knowing you sort of thing, which I think is a, uh, it's a good thing to live by. And just the, the concept of controlling your emotions and sort of being, um, being responsible for yourself, I guess is a lot of that. And I, I, I like that. Like, don't, don't allow yourself to succumb to, to what those around you are doing. Right. Um, which I think is cool. Yeah, it's a good basis on, on life. I mean, you can obviously add to that and subtract from that. Yeah. It's a good stop starting point of like trying to move on for the better. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> I get, so, uh, was it, CTB, I think is what it is. Um, I cannot, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's a certain type of therapy that, um, people use to help with, um, like deal with depression, which is essentially like, you know, uh, you can't control the things that are causing you depression. So focus on what, on the way that you're reacting to it, right? Like actually meditate on the idea that you like on the way that you are perceiving things and the way that you're reacting to those things and through actually focusing in on that and, and sort of looking introspectively and thinking about the way that you are processing it, it kind of helps you to reprogram your brain to not process things the way that, that it is. Right. Um, and I think that, and sort of that sort of comes from the similar sort of uh, philosophy that a stoicism has uh, that stoicism came to be is, you know, focus on the way that you are reacting to the things as opposed to the things that you're reacting to, I guess. And I'm just talking in circles, but I just really like the idea of it. And it's very, um, I don't know if you live by that way. And if you think that way, it kind of makes life feel more manageable, I guess. Um, cause it is easy to get overwhelmed, especially like even in times like this, right? Like where you're sitting and, if you are consider if you were considered non-essential at the, like and if you still are i mean the idea that you're stuck at home and if you do sort of let it overwhelm you like oh my god like i can't do anything mm-hmm. or oh my god people are dying all around me like sort of just focus on what you can do to make your overall situation or not your overall but your your situation that you can control better and sort of like which i mean working out is always a good thing because it helps your body and your brain through re- releasing endorphins, but also like just not letting yourself get over, get overwhelmed with it. And I guess to some extent, like with my, I guess sort of when I was going through my depression and anxiety and stuff like that, like it, I kind of, I wouldn't say I live my life like that consistently. Cause I definitely don't, I still get pissed off at things that I have no control over, but um, I don't allow myself to get, anxious about things the same way because I did have to learn and understand why I was feeling the way I was. And I've realized what those triggers are. And I've realized like how to go about um, processing those things so that they don't freak me out the same way they used to, which I think is a, uh, it's helpful. It's nice. And uh, 
I think if a lot more people lived that way, it would be a better world for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gladiator thing. Um, I guess based in fiction, if Marcus Aurelius, like how, I don't know how Marcus Aurelius actually died, but, uh, the whole plot of gladiator is Maximus is Russell Crowe. Yeah. And the emperor or, you know, is Marcus Aurelius played by Richard Harris. And he wants Maximus to be the next guy. And some, uh, Aurelius's son kills him. Aurelius died of natural causes. Right. Well, in real life, yeah. But in yeah. the in the movie, Joaquin Phoenix's character Commodus or Commodus kills Marcus Aurelius. I just wanted to clear that up because I I messed up saying Russell Crowe was Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. One of the the teacher that Marcus Aurelius learned most of this from played it. No, Aristotle. No, Socrates. You're not going to know his name. Oh, okay. It was Epictetus. Like, Epic titties? What? Yes, exactly. That's it. Epic titties. Um, but like one of the few quotes that is actually learned that actually is remembered by him, and it's because Marcus wrote it down because he didn't write down any of his teachings. Um, was biggest, biggest dickus? It's <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. Was it's not what happens to you, but how you react to that to it that matters. It's a big thing. So, yeah. anyways, you have to, I think that's a good cap on the idea of stoicism. Yeah, you, uh, <clears throat> you, you have to. I can't even think of the damn quote. Damn it, <laughs> that's a shame. It's the neck deep line. <laughs> oh, um, move mountains that you you had to climb. You know, yeah, I have a tattoo for the song. Yeah, or or you know, a, a smooth, smooth seas key. don't make good sailors. <laughs> no, uh. Anyways, so now that we've gotten the philosophy out of the way for the episode, seeing as how we always have some amount of philosophy, whether it be political philosophy or not, um, you, my good sir. Yeah, I don't know. I had two things, and I don't know which one's best connected to this. I think one's a quick one, and then the other one we could last for a minute. So We don't exactly need a good sequitur. I just kind of already ruined it by sort of just capping it off. We'll do the quick one first. Um, All right. Speaking of, uh, no, we can't do it. <laughs> um, it's so, yeah, just being up all the time and all that. I've obviously absorbed a lot of content. Um, and Netflix put out a new comedy series. What do I got to talk? I got to speak with my chest. Yeah, please. I just think the mic is farther away. Farther, farther away. away. Farther away than it usually is. Sorry if this sucks for a minute. It does. Let's see. Good it's God. bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's okay. It's okay. We're okay, we're there now. All right, better. <clears throat> um, Netflix put out a new comedy series with um, uh, it's it's called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Um, and I know you know Ben Schwartz. Um, he's the guy. Well, actually, maybe you don't. Did you, did you ever watch Park and Rec? Parks and Rec. I watched some, like a couple episodes, and I've watched a million blooper compilations. So, okay. So the character John Ralphio, you know who that is. I don't really know any of their names. I'll show you a picture right now. Um, I I can probably guess who it is though. Okay, so the other guy, it's Middleditch and Schwartz. This is Thomas Middleditch. Yep. Uh, okay. Good. He's in a lot of shit, but he's yeah. also uh, main character in Silicon Valley. And then Ben Schwartz. It's this guy. Ooh, there it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Parks and Rec. He's also in like House Lies or a lot of shit. Anyway, so they uh, they have this new comedy show on Netflix, and I immediately got interested because it's it's them. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'll watch them. <clears throat> um, but then I found out as because I, I didn't even watch the because if I, as soon as I see something new. That looks like even a twinkle in my eye, like makes me do it. I just watch it. Um, so I didn't watch the uh, ad or anything. So <clears throat> they, of course, they just run on stage and then they immediately explain in the first episode because it's a three episode deal. Nice. Um, so I'm dampening the sound behind me. It's bouncing off the walls. Go ahead. It's interesting how we have all these sound problems just randomly. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Like we've been fine for. Probably 
Eight. It's got to be something with the box or something. I don't know. Um, so they explain it's a long. They're doing long form improv. Um, and so it's like an hour long episode and basically what they do, the whole show is made up on the spot. Okay. So obviously they're both like superstars at improv. They just, they've studied every show, every show they've ever done has been improv probably. Well, yeah, they've, they, they've already done, uh, like tours and stuff like that. So now there's just the Netflix special of that. But, um, so what they do is the. The first thing they do is they ask the audience, um, is there something coming up that they're uh, excited for or stressing over or something like that? So, and that's, I thought it would be different for either episode, but it's always the same question. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then they get a different, uh, like they just talk, like they figure out who they want and then they talk to that person for like five minutes about just fleshing out their life or their, whatever's (laughs) going on. Whether like the first one I think is about a, a wedding Okay. And it's it, you just have to watch it because it's gold. What happens like improv gold because the 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 people are just so charismatic and the story is so convoluted <clears throat> and crazy. So it works perfectly for how like how many things they could do. Awesome. But then they basically they don't have any props or anything. It's just they have two chairs and to them, and then mm-hmm. they just act out a whole thing with just them okay. for an hour. And there's like, they just keep, they do all these different characters. They switch characters. They do the whole, whole nine yards of improv. And it's fucking amazing. Like, it's so good. And there's three episodes and they're all hour long. I heard you said that, but, uh, I would really recommend watching them. You ever watch a uh, bumping mics? I don't think so. Uh, shit. Uh, there it's. Two comedians that are like old heads, right? Like they're they've been around forever. Sure. Um, and <clears throat> basically, the whole thing is, for the most part, it's like crowd work. I believe from uh, what I remember, the majority of it's crowd work. And basically, it's them. They're really good friends, and it's just them talking shit about, um, about the audience and about themselves, and just like. Going so, at it, basically. So it's kind of like just a group stand-up comedy. Sort of, yeah. Oh, it's Jeff Ross, who is like yeah, the roast master, roast right? Guy, yeah. And then Dave Attell, who um, also is really good at roasting, but also, he's just a hilarious comedian. Um, and they, they do – it's sort of similar, where it's the two of them up on stage did like a three-night thing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's different, obviously, each night. And it's in three different cities, and they're just like going at it. The entire right. time, and it's really funny. They're they're really funny together, um, but it's it's something similar to that, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's cool. Well, um, well, also I was thinking because then I I was just interested in this one because I think we should do improv or at least uh, take a class or something. I would do it with you, I think, but I would not do it by myself. No, well, yeah, it'd definitely be a. We put it on the uh, chip tooth tab, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty three dollars we have <laughs> because one, it would just improve our. Uh, podcasting, if anything, perhaps. But uh, it also, I just w- looks like a lot of fun, and it looks very challenging um, because you can sit there and laugh at it for the entire time and love it. But hell, doing it, it I'm not creative enough, dude. It's just a lot of, you know, especially comedy based. Obviously, it's just a lot of situations that, especially between two people, not even like a troop of people, you have to you have to be just. Back to back to back to back, and yeah. as well as tracking things that have already been made, yeah, uh, canon and things like that, because it's it's all about yes and. Yeah, that's what I say. Is, well, I so they people talk shit about like taking improv classes, and I'm sure almost every comedian has done it at some point. Well, yeah, that's um, that was the it, funny thing that I was reading about. Sorry, because it was like literally they had so much trouble. Because the first idea for them to do a long form improv show mm-hmm. uh, started like years ago, and they just were sh- work- like workshopping it with different networks, and every network was just like, "Okay, so what's the point? Or what's this? Because it's impossible to like nail down yes. what's actually going to happen." <laughs> of course, and th- and then the other idea is improv is like a live art like it's a live thing you know it's like it's to record it and put it out there is like a whole different idea because some jokes that'll land in a live you know off the cuff type audience Mm 
you know, won't necessarily work as well in a recorded environment because it could just change. Well, it's the tone, right? And a big that that's why a lot of comedians these days, like the big ones that can afford to do it, will record at least three sets because sometimes jokes don't yeah. land. Some sometimes like an audience just isn't vibing with you the same way that that they have in the past, and then also sometimes like you just have sort of an off delivery or something and it just comes sure. off weird. Um, and usually those sets are actually like an hour and a half long and they just cut out the parts that don't work or right. the parts that aren't as funny. Um, and what's weird that people are doing now is um, some people uh, have released comedy specials. One person in particular, I cannot remember his name, but uh, this is the one I know of for sure that he did a comedy special with zero audience. It's really him just talking to the camera. Really? And without... But like, like the idea that there is an audience? Or no, no, no. It's obvious that there's no It's audience. obvious that there's no audience. Like The whole thing is that there's no audience. He's just telling the jokes. Uh, and what's hard is about that and why I think it's hard to make that work and why I think... I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I've heard a million and a half comedians talk about it. Right. But um, like, what's hard is that the timing of it is broken because you're supposed to have that audience reaction that allows you to time the joke differently, right? Right. So when you're speaking to an audience, like the setup for a joke, right, you have to reel the audience in, and you can sort of tell by looking at the audience if you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And if not, you can change up your timing a little bit. You can change up the wording as you're going. Um, but then you give the – then it's just like the timing of, of the actual like punchline. If you don't get it right – Right. then it's weird, right? And then not having the audience there, like, you go, you tell a joke, and then an audience laughs, right? And it gives you a second to sort of, right. like, reset sort of deal, or it yeah, also, also it tells tells the viewers at home, like, oh. Yeah, like okay. okay to laugh. Yeah, like, laugh, right? Like, like that was funny. Well, it's um, like the whole reason that a lot of early comedy sitcoms, you know, they put a laugh track on it. Yeah. Just because it gets a way better reception, because it... And that's why triggers a laugh, you know. Like even if you, even if it, if it was delivered plain Jane with no laugh track, yeah, it would totally wreck the timing of the episode or whatever. Well, yeah, and I mean, you wouldn't know. It's it's like watching. I think we've talked about it before, but Big Bang Theory, right? Right. If you watch that without a laugh track, it's actually the most unfunny thing in the world. Yeah, and it's super awkward, really uncomfortable because they pause for the laugh track, so they sit there and they just stop. Well, yeah, but. That's why I like shows like Kirby Enthusiasm, Always Sunny, plenty of others, you know, where it's literally like they just, it's just, it's, it's developed this like idea of deadpan yeah. comedy, but it's really just comedy. But with, I mean, there is sure a specific deadpan like type of comedy where it's literally just so flat, but it's just hits some people harder that way. Yeah. But then the other idea is, yeah, no, not having a laugh track or artificial laughs to trigger the laugh, like the actual laugh, you know? Yeah. I, um, I just think, I just think it's interesting that psychologically speaking, humans are like mob mentality is definitely a real thing, right? Where you are watching a comedian. And even if you don't find it particularly funny, having people around you laughing makes it funnier and also makes you feel like it's okay to audibly laugh. Mm-hmm. So with um, even if I find something funny, if I'm at home just right. watching it on my phone with nobody else around me, I'll go, <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, that's funny. But then if I'm watching it with a group of people, yeah, you want to express that you found that funny, yeah, and it, whether it's an intentional thing or if it's just subconsciously, you just have the desire to laugh out loud and actually show. That was funny. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's also maybe just like a comfort level. See, I think sort of I, thing. I find myself, not all the time, but in situations, and maybe you've been present for the, some of those, where something's fucking hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And I will fall on the floor laughing and nobody else cares. Well, <laughs> like, I, I just, I find it like it's like I just find, like, not necessarily like we're watching something as a group, just like uh, literally like something will happen. It, like in just normal whatever the hell we're doing, and it's so funny to me 
And <laughs> I'm just like, everybody's not laughing. I'm like, oh, fuck, I should explain myself or I yeah. should not be laughing this hard. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> there's a, I listen to a podcast called Real Ass Podcast. Real Ass? Real Ass Podcast. And real Ass. Real Ass. Yeah. Um, Luis J. Gomez, he owns a podcast network or whatever called Gas Digital. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was listening to this podcast, and I haven't listened in a while because I just haven't been listening to podcasts. Really. I've just been listening to music. Um, and I'm listening, and he always has his regular co-host, uh, Zach Amico, who's fucking hilarious. His timing is insane for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll bring on two other comedians that he's just friends with, and they'll come on and they'll talk or whatever. Right. And just shoot the shit. And <clears throat> I'll catch myself while I'm driving, just legitimately laughing. Like, no, which is weird. And I, and I assume it's because, <clears throat> like, while I'm listening, the other comedians are laughing too. Right, which sort of makes me feel like, ah, oh, like that. It is funny. I mean, it's fucking hilarious. Like, I, I find it to be one of the funniest podcasts. Uh, that and Legion of Skanks, which Louis J. Gomez is also on. Um, Who is he doing double timing? Uh, he has like three or four podcasts that he does. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, it, it's. But then uh, thinking about it now, am I laughing? more because I hear other laughter at the same time. But then I think about it and there are certain jokes that I find extremely funny. I just don't laugh at even while I'm listening to the podcast, but there are just sometimes, man, this hit me really hard and it just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. The jokes are just hilarious consistently. Right. And I just cannot stop myself from laughing. That's when, that's where I'm like, <clears throat> thank you God for the pause button, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, sure. I got to go back and hear it again or I got to, Pause because I didn't hear the next thing because I was laughing so hard. Well, for me, it's like, like I listen when I listen to when I get into a podcast listening mood. I'll listen all day long. I'll go to the store while I'm listening, and I'll be laughing and like having to hold back actual laughter. Right, and I just have like this huge feel, grin on my face, you look like a maniac. Yeah, I have this huge grin on my face, so I have to, and and then I'll be like, okay, well, people are looking at me. Let me go ahead and pause it. Right. So I can just walk around like a normal fucking human being. Right. And, and then and then for your own pleasure you, you go back in the car, re listen to it, and then you yeah. get get a good belly laugh. Of course, man. It's great. <laughs> um but I, I find it interesting that laughter is one of the few things that obviously you can fake it, but it's one of those few things that's an involuntary involuntary reaction. Right. That you that if something actually is legitimately funny to you you cannot stop yourself from laughing. Right. It's almost like a sneeze, which is super weird to me. Cause yeah. what does it's something that's programmed into you as a child, you, like from the time you're born, babies laugh. It's a weird thing. Like, why is that a thing? I don't understand. Science of laughter. I, I want to do some research on that. Cause it doesn't make sense to me. Like what's the evolutionary trait that causes laughter? I mean, like you said, there's the mob mentality, <clears throat> but at the same time, somebody had to start it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but anyway, Middle Distance Schwartz, you should watch it. It's really funny. Okay. Um, there was another idea that I was talking about, but I think we kind of covered everything about it. But yeah, I think it'd probably be good for us. We can do it. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's like you said, it's just it's funny that. Every comedy actor or every comedian or whatever has almost every one of them started in like an improv based thing, and then once they got got like a spot on a show or something, they just ditched improv altogether, or they went to stand up, or they you know it's just funny. Well, a lot of comedians talk shit about it because yeah, it's like the butt of the joke. Yeah, which is great. Well, what's funny is that a lot of those people are just naturally good at it too. I mean, granted, it, they obviously have to hone it and practice it, but they have some amount of innate ability to, to improvise. Well, yeah, it's like the timing as well as, you know, knowing your audience and things like that. Yeah. What's the next thing you had? Oh, okay. Let's pause it. And we're back. How was your pee? Good, good, good. Good. How you it's feeling? A, it, it's always funny, like, because when we're recording. It's always funny in Philadelphia. So, yeah. Um, no. Uh <laughs> No, because it's don't know don't know but me <laughs> no but yeah we already we're already terrible at any kind of improv 
But yeah, it just because we're always picture yourself, audience, um, in a recording scenario. And I know other people are more comfortable on a microphone than others, but like we've done 55 episodes and I still don't know how to properly communicate that I have to go urinate. <laughs> yeah. Well, so usually you don't have to. This is a newer occurrence. Usually well, we would go start, an hour, hour and a half without you ever having to go. And the yeah, past two or three episodes it has, has been, to do with the alcohol, I think. You think so? Yeah, I'm not working. I'm drinking all the time. Oh, well, that's possibly a thing. Got your, pee your liver's fucking up. Possibly. But yeah. at the same time, my bladder is just on a whole other level here. Apparently. Um, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm doping, basically. <laughs> He's drinking to be better. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you wanted to talk about the UFO release. Yeah, so, yeah, funny thing for those people not paying attention to the news, which most people probably didn't even hear, is uh, the Pentagon releasing two Navy jet... Three. Uh, three, okay. Three videos. I, I only it's, saw two it's originally. In, it's two instances. Okay. So but it's one, like 2006 and 2014 2007, 2015. Okay. You're so I was, close. I was literally a year <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so really, the, I'm glad you've researched it. <laughs> so, so the one in 2007 um, is a single instance. And in 2015, there was multiple instances uh, in the same time frame. Um, right. So now they release these videos. And basically all they did was confirm that these are unidentified well, things. Right. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Right. So Which. It's not like they're going... Aliens. Well, they're no, just, of course they're going, not. Yes, these are unidentified. So, so here's the thing, right? Right. Every so often, when uh, a term gets co-opted by the general public, mm-hmm. the DOD and the various different agencies that deal with things of this nature change the acronyms. Yeah, they got to rebrand so that people don't understand what the acronym is. So they change it to UAP. Interesting. Odds are they're going to change it from UAP to something else eventually. Um, so I saw somebody uh, that we went to high school with that posted something that was like, you guys see videos of something that's unidentified and immediately assume that it's aliens, right? And I agree. Yes. People obviously jump to that conclusion mm-hmm. because we've always heard of it as unidentified flying objects or UFOs, which everybody synonymously uh, thinks of UFOs as alien spacecrafts. Well, yeah, it's it's already like sixty years worth of yes, like well seventy five, sure ish. Yeah, it's two thousand twenty now, right? So, yeah, seventy ish, whatever. Anyway. But so they um, so yes, people automatically assume anything unidentified is going to be an alien. Which well, at the same time, if you if you <clears throat> dumb down the word alien i mean it is alien but now what we're talking about is the little green men idea i tend to lean towards grays <laughs> well you, you get you what want, i'm saying like the uh the the what is it the cog the the whatever the the uh, what is it the cove the fuck me man i the 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 natural way of talking what do you call Hegelian it? dialect. Uh, sure, I don't know. <clears throat> that, but that's it's it, like the references and things. That's like the same reason why. The, colloquially. Colloquial. Yeah, sure. Collo- that's, I think that's the word I wanted. Colloquially. I can't say it either, so it's great. But same reason why a government or the Pentagon or whatever would change the acronym. Because all of that, the ideas behind a word that can be already morphed 20 times. You know, they got to change the word now because that way they don't tag along all of their yeah previous so, meanings i mean it, it there's definitely a plausible reason why they would change it other than because they don't want people to understand what it is they're talking about it could definitely be just that because ufo now is synonymous with an alien spacecraft they don't synonymous. want i gotta read a fucking dictionary man you got some good five dollar words over there and yeah, i well, can't even think of colloquial well i remember five dollar words and i forget very basic 10 cent words so, so that's my wheelhouse. <clears throat> yeah, you you always save my ass on those, and I got I got the big words occasionally. <laughs> um, but so they um, 
Joe Rogan made a great point, and I thought it was awesome. About this specifically? Yes, or just... about this specifically. Nice. Um, he said that... He well, they dropped everything he was doing as soon as they posted well, it. Yeah, it was on Instagram. <clears throat> he said, any other time of year, or he, he said in January, if they were to release this, right. everybody would have been losing their fucking minds. It would have been huge news. He said, but here we are in April of 2020. Right. They release basically confirming that they are unidentified, he said, flying, he said UFOs. Right. Um, and Which I, nobody I mean, gives a fuck. Right. Which is true. And it's because everybody is either, like, this is the perfect time to do it for sure. It, it just so happens that there are such uh, influential people on the internet that care about this sort of stuff that they right. actually have been pointing it well, out. Here's my thought. Is maybe, I mean, there's multiple, but maybe one of two thoughts. One, they release it as like a, oh, no big deal because there's a lot of other crap going on, right? Mm-hmm. Or two, something else is going They got way other, worse, crazier shit. And to feed the the people at the door, you know, they release something like this when there's actually, it's like, it's just a distraction. Well, yeah. Something I mean, else that's going on. Oh, for and, sure. And or a distraction of, oh, this is all we got when they got like, you know, that like files and files and files on this thing. There's a whole like there's a whole group of the DOD right that is a it's like a black budget type group that you don't see how much money they get, you don't know where the money goes to, yeah, you don't Black know. Briar. What? I'm just uh, it's I, a Jason Borden thing. I didn't know what you said. Um but basically Black Briar. I, I hear you now. Now I know what you said, but <clears throat> Continue, please. Yes, okay. I got you. Um, so there, there's these black budget groups, mm-hmm. and one of them actually is 100% dedicated to finding if if like flying saucers exist and if UFOs are actually aliens, which means that they have some amount of concern that it's that it's real. Um, Dude, I just thought about. Sorry, go ahead. We had that whole fucking march on Area 51 shit, right? Yeah. You think that triggered them releasing that now? No, no, no. I mean, I think- at least having some reason for, like, I mean, like, if they are of the mind of, like, oh, we're just going to release everything we have, quote unquote, you know. And then now, I think they after that. it's died down and nobody cares, they release something. I don't know. Because I, if they released that shit during the fucking March on Oh, Area I mean, that would have been bad. I mean, for sure. They would have stirred the pot, you know? They would have had, you know... I mean, somebody actually might have gone in there and clapped some alien cheeks, if <laughs> yeah. that was the case. Yeah. Uh, no, so they have the... Um, now is a really good time to release something that could be considered controversial, considering the fact that they have denied that UFOs are even a thing. Right. Um, but also, just in this time with Netflix being a thing and people being able to people that have enough money to produce all of these different, um, like documentaries themselves. Sure. Like being, the, I don't remember the guy's name who actually created the documentary, but it had Bob Lazar on it. And basically the whole thing was him just following Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar is a huge, he, he was really, <clears throat> he he was like on the inner circles of some stuff that supposedly were alien um, related, mm-hmm. and he basically was like, "All right, yeah, I'll do the uh, so I'll, I'll do this interview style thing or whatever." And they got a whole bunch of shit on video of the FBI raiding his his workshop and stuff like that, and to try and find certain things or what they say is them trying to find things or whatever. Um, but in all honesty. They don't have much of a choice, especially when you got somebody like you said, Tom DeLong, right. who, whether or not he actually has any sort of connections with ex Pentagon guy people or ex DOD people, but he created that show about aliens on History Channel, right? As um, well as To the Stars. Well, company. it was it was in conjunction with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had this show and it had these exact videos in it yeah. because they were leaked videos along that, along with all of the ties that he suggested he had within yeah. the government which like, if you actually he was meeting with if you actually go onto his website they list off 
people who actually have been part of the DOD and stuff like that as members of the as members of the group. Now they may be there, and I, I probably believe that they are because that would be a. I don't know if you can really lie about that. Um, but well, if I, it's public record, I guess. Yeah, but um, I do find that uh, he's probably somewhat full of shit as to what sort of connections he has. Well, it's like the same thing we joke about with <clears throat> NASA. You know, there's got they got to get. Well, I wouldn't say the Pentagon's hurting for funding, but <clears throat> they got to him necessarily. He can conflate something or inflate, you know, a whole thing. And just because now he's got a TV show, you know, and he raised like maybe a couple million. I don't even know how much he raised. More, probably, probably tens. Um, which I really wanted to buy stock in the company, but I didn't have enough money to do so, unfortunately. Well, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, you have to build whether, yeah, it like you take something a fact based or fiction that's based in fact and then. Ride it until it dies, you know, like it's entertainment. Yeah, the, of course, of. with the with the underlying actual point of the idea, you know. But there's got to be a way to get there. Yeah, I, this just made me think of this. this has nothing to do with it. I don't really have much else to say about this, unfortunately, because I mean we've said it before. Sure. Because um, if you go back, I don't even know what episode it is, but we we we've talked in depth about aliens and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, this but, is just our first government. Released uh, technically government approved. release thing, um, but so we uh, you're talking about something that's a fiction based in fact. There's a new show coming, uh, I guess to Hulu that is called The Great. The Great, yeah, and it basically they, they so they don't actually explain anything for like the first minute and some change of the um of the commercial on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, but essentially what it is, it's Catherine the great and it's got some big name actors. Oh, I thought it was called Catherine the great. It's just called the great. Oh, interesting. So it's, it's basically, it shows from her marrying, um, the czar of the, of the time. Right. And then her eventually wanting the plot to overthrow him. Sure. And then her eventually, and I'm sure he eventually gets to her overthrowing him, but it's like a comedy. Yeah. It's like, comedic drama sort of thing. It looks really, really good. And I just, I just thought of that because one of their tag or during the commercial, every single thing, it said based on true events. Right. Sort of. <laughs> I was like, that's great. I appreciate that. Well, I think that's, yeah, a lot of, but comedy, I like, I like that they're based, actually, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's funnier when it's sort of, because that it, again, like it's truthful that they're not actually, basing everything by what actually happened because obviously they have to dramatize something but by also making that part of the tagline that affords them some like wacky shit that they can do now you know and it and it, it's like you now know what to expect in that kind of comedy you know what i mean yeah you know it's fucking stupid naming a show the great do you know how many shows movies, events throughout history start with the great. So it doesn't have really great uh, Google ability. Yeah. Cause, well, at least when you're typing it in and the yeah. auto complete autofill right. is the great Gatsby, the greatest showman, which the greatest showman was actually first. Uh, then the great Gatsby, the great depression. Like yeah. it's a hard thing to find, but um, it has uh, L Fanning, Nicholas Holt, uh, Louis Hines. Is it a? It's a Hulu original. Yeah, it is. Um, That's cool. Nicholas Holt. He's the person that I saw, and I was like, I know who that is. Um, he's the main character in Warm Bodies and Tolkien. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah. He's also uh, he's Beast. in Dark Phoenix. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, Bruce P. McCoy. Yeah, but uh, I thought that it was a. Uh, it looks good. It looks funny. It looks interesting. Um, I'd say that I'm probably gonna watch it. I didn't, I just looked it up and didn't even um look at when it's released. So yeah, it's good historical comedy. I, I like historical stuff. Though. May fifteenth is the first episode, or actually all of them come out for the for the season. Yeah, they like that bingeability. Yeah, you know what's a another show that's coming out? No, it's, I don't. Um, it's oh 
God, who is it? Uh, it's the guys from Rick and Morty. Is it about Ivan the Terrible? No, no, no. The Terrible. That would be awesome. <laughs> Have a competing show called The Terrible. Isn't, um, that, isn't that, am I right there? Ivan the Terrible? Isn't that, wasn't that his name? That was Vlad, like, the Impa- Vlad the Impaler. That's fucking Dracula. Ivan the Terrible. I know, I was just thinking of... of Ivan the Terrible was another czar, I think. Yeah. I, if I, not, something else. Is that who she married? I don't know. I I don't know about I used I fucking took AP Euro and I couldn't tell you. Hmm. I got a one on that AP exam. You got a one. Yeah, that's a shame. I think so. Maybe, oh, he, he was married. She was married to Peter the Third. Well. Um. Fuck. What is that show? It's uh intergalactic something or intergalactically compatible or something. Um, intergalaxy compatible. What? Will you will you just like riff for me for a second so I can look this up? Well, you might be thinking about that show. Dan Harmon. Is it the one with it's like they're all on a ship and they're going somewhere? Is that what you're talking? It's got like Solar Opposites is what it's oh. called. Oh. I literally saw a photo of that. Like I didn't even see I didn't even see an ad for it yet. It actually looks fucking funny. You think and that's why Rick and Morty is taking forever? No, I, their their new season, the second half of the season comes out in Sunday, four right? days. Yeah, yeah, but it took them three months. Yeah, but Justin Roiland is obviously the main character of this one. Um, I don't even and Justin, I don't think that Dan Harmon actually has anything to do with this one. I think this oh, is just so they're opposites. Yeah, I think it's just Justin Roiland and Sean Giambrone. Okay. Um, but yes, seems very funny. I'm very interested. Uh, it yeah, comes out on the fifth. If anything, it looked very similar uh, animation it's style. Definitely right? the similar animation style. That's for sure. Because it's Justin Roiland, you think? I they guess probably probably have some. Sense. Yeah. Um, Same kind of production company. If it, is it Adult Swim? No, no, it's Hulu. It's a Hulu original. Yeah, it, it, I find it interesting that Dan Harmon has absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh. Did you ever watch Harmontown or listen to any of Harmontown? No, I didn't. Because he has the, it's like a documentary movie. I think I already talked about it, but it was really, uh, really good. Um, but then that made me watch a lot of his, well, I watched the visual, when he started doing visual podcasts, I yeah. watched a bunch of those because it's really funny stuff. I want to start watching uh, Harmon Quest, but I don't feel like paying for VRV. Is that the only place it's on? Yeah. Hmm. I find it insane that I don't find it insane. I guess he's just such a good marketer for himself that he has made Dan Harmon. Yeah. He's made so much out of his career. He's made so much out of failure is what happened. Oh, for sure. Cause the fucking like even before community and stuff like that, like he was just, he got fired from community and then came back for the, whatever final season or whatever. And like was like again uh, the damn uh, documentary he has, it's it's a perfect like like just look into his life, but at the same time, just like a a interesting story of somebody who's I don't know, it's somebody who's so in their own head, borderline got like on the genius spectrum, right? But in that same regard, like an asshole, yeah, you know, but like. You have to be to become successful. Though is the thing I've come, right. I've kind of realized. You have to be sort of a dick or somewhat ruthless. I don't know that you have to. Sort but of it just a seems to be the status quo, you know. Well, no, you you can't be. You have to be a type of person that won't put up with bullshit, right? Um, and won't allow yourself to be fucked over. And typically, that means you have to be some amount of an asshole to be successful. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's plenty of smart people out there that are. Uh, not necessarily the meanest. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's wrap this one up, Ben. All right. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Chip Tooth Podcast, episode number 55. Uh, this one was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, Ben. I hope the, the listener enjoyed it. I hope they didn't. The one listener. <laughs> We're consistently at least 10. When, when do you do it? Like it's So we hit 55 now. Yep. Then, when do we get famous? Right, it's like eight hundred. 
I'm just kidding. Because there, there's some podcasts that are probably have a similar amount of episodes, but are way more popular. Granted, they had probably some amount of fame to begin with. Well, yeah, if you start something with lighter fluid, it's gonna it's gonna burn pretty bright, right? That's true. Yeah. Um, we're, but we're but you know, building. you know what can help, right? Is if you go like our Facebook page. Yeah. If you go uh, join the forum and become active. Maybe you'll bring other people to be active on there as well. You also improve our content by giving us feedback. You know, when you rate and subscribe on iTunes you, or Spotify, or you give us a you subscribe to our Patreon and you get exclusive rights to well, not tell rights. us what to do. Oh well, yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I thought you were going to say exclusive rights to audio, which is not true. They do not get. Those rights. No, no, no. But, but they anyways, get the right to tell us what the fuck to do. For sure. If you tell us what to do and you're a Patreon member, we will 100,000% do it. Because yeah. one of our Patreons named Bruce is going to be on Patrons. a... Patrons. Fuck me, man. I said this last week. But uh, yeah, one of them's going to probably be on an episode, you know? And if you want that uh, exclusive ability, you know? Yeah. Get, uh, get on there. You know what's annoying? I have podcaster friends yeah. who have somewhat uh, successful podcasts. Sure. And they won't join the, won't join, I mean, they're all in the forum, but they're obviously not active because nobody is. Well, you got to respect but, the grind, man. But they won't fucking join the Patreon, and that's upsetting to me. Well, we got, well, you know, not everybody has money. I know that. I'm just talking shit. I do have uh, one, a buddy of mine, um, somewhat a buddy. Facebook friend of mine. <laughs> He's probably listening, so be careful. Yeah, Ben Panji. Great guy. He has a podcast. Uh, uh, I believe it's... He's the, he's the Willy Wonka-looking motherfucker, right? Yes. Uh, he um, His podcast is Homesteads and Homeschooling, I believe is what it's called. Oh, interesting. And uh, good podcast. I like it. Um, Shout out. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, go listen. He, he's a smart, very smart, very he's principled smart, libertarian. Smart boy. Yeah, but um Oh damn, I didn't even maybe we can do that later. And then of course Dan Smots System is Down podcast. Just quick shout outs to some of my favorite podcasters and podcasts. Um but anyways, do all the things that we said earlier. We love you. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to go out and just suckle on a nice dick. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>